The new year is the perfect time to start building credit scores. Because when your credit scores increase, your opportunities do too. Like loan approvals and lower interest rates. Chime makes it easier to keep building your credit with a secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. You can use Credit Builder everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Chime helps you build your credit score safely by using your own money to make everyday purchases and on-time payments. To apply, just open a Chime checking account with a $200 qualifying direct deposit. And don't stress, there's no annual fee or credit check required to apply and get started. Start building your credit history and finding new opportunities with the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Do, do, do. just another podcast where we're talking about your undefeated Louisville men's basketball team starting 502 podcast presented by Mr. and Mrs. Bourbon just giving Jay Cook reasons to drink bourbon on random Wednesday nights Jake what's going on man how we doing oh no we suck again we suck again that literally uh, the Billy Madison is that Billy Madison no not Billy Madison uh uh water water boy man Uh, I don't know man I was trying to stay positive. I mean, last season really wore me down as a fan. Really started to get negative towards the end of it, just because, you know, four wins and 30 tries, it's hard to stay positive. Uh, Offseason gave us some positives, had a decent recruiting class. Red-white scrimmage looked okay. Simmons College had some moments where we looked okay. So, I mean, I was trying to keep a positive mindset going into this season and every, every almost everything just gone now after losing to kwc last night or not last night two nights ago monday night yeah 
I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to keep it as positive as possible. Didn't have the best of days today, so just everything is just boiling up for us to just go full scorched earth on on KP. <laughs> There's just so much that we could get into, but I guess the first thing, the first place I would start is the two scrimmages, right? So you start out against Simmons College. Not exactly uh, the, the best opponent that Louisville's going to play this season. In fact, I'd say Simmons is probably the worst team that Louisville will play this season. Just an unbelievably bad start to the first scrimmage of the season. Through the first 12 minutes, they had 12 turnovers. Uh, finished the game with, I think, was 20 the number? Is that right? Yeah, I want it, maybe even more, maybe 22. Yeah, 22 maybe. 22 turnovers is not okay uh, against anyone, let alone against Simmons College. Uh, did kind of turn it around and gave us a little bit of hope uh, for, you know, the next exhibition with a solid finish in the second half. Uh, but then they come out against Kentucky Wesleyan, a team that is just frankly not very good, Jake, uh, and just look absolutely atrocious. What are your what are your key takeaways, just quick takeaways about offense, defense, coaching? Fire away. Also, I want to say I was a little afraid. I looked at uh, Simmons College's schedule a couple days before the KWC game. Yeah, They lost by 32 points, so just nine less than we won by, to a team named Wilberforce University. There it is. Uh, so if that tells you anything on the standard of who we were playing in that first game. So that was kind of the first bad omen that we only beat a team by nine more than Wilberforce University can. Uh, but my God, that game, I mean, at first, I will say, were you at the game? I was at the Kentucky Wesleyan game, yes. Yes. So you saw, I think we talked about it, beginning of the game, the effort was there. The defense looked a little more extended, looks like they were trying to pressure the ball, which was something new that we hadn't seen. And the offense was a little stagnant, a lot of standing around, watching dudes dribble, take ball screens. But they were taking open shots. They just weren't hitting them. The turnovers were down. So, I mean, first five, ten minutes of that game, I actually didn't feel that bad. I just thought our shots weren't falling. Right, right. Then yeah. Downhill from there. Yeah, I mean, definitely the, the thing that stands out right away, obviously the first game they start out a turnover basically every other possession the first game. And then the second game they come out and they look pretty sharp in terms of not doing stupid stuff like stepping out of bounds, uh, you know, not running to the wrong place, at least from the, you know, untrained eye uh, to notice, not, you know, running to the wrong places, not, just silly, stupid turnovers, right? Not a lot of that. Not a lot of dumb travels or moving screens, anything like that. Still, it was – the offense was stagnant. The There were a lot of questions to be had about the effort, and the rebounding was atrocious. Louisville was out-rebounded by 14 against Kentucky Wesleyan. That's a Division II team picked to finish midway towards the bottom of their conference in Division II. The, the teams ahead of Kentucky Wesleyan are, are – uh, programs that you probably have never heard of. Uh, so so the fact that Louisville lost to this team is absolutely just atrocious. The the one thing that I'd point out, you know, last year, you know, maybe you can chalk it up to, you know, just bad team chemistry, uh, you know, just players that aren't ACC standard. You could chalk it up to any of that. Uh, but this year, KP brought in nine new guys. These are players that should absolutely have the talent to not only beat Kentucky Wesleyan, but just kind of name their score. Uh, and not only did that not happen, but they just straight up lost. Uh, and it wasn't even like, you know, they, they had a chance to kind of bring it back and tie it towards the end of the game, which is just pathetic to even think about. Uh, but it wasn't like it was even like that, Jake. 
Like it was pretty much from the start of the second half. Uh, it seemed like Kentucky Wesleyan was just simply the better team. They were trying harder. They were giving more effort. They were rebounding better. Uh, and then there's the concerns of, you know, they didn't even play, you know, if it's an exhibition game, maybe you chalk it up to, Oh, well, you know, they played a lot of, you know, bench guys or something like that, but they literally did not play Karan Davis. They did not play Hersey Miller. They didn't play Manny Okorafor. They didn't play any of those guys. And then towards the end of the game, you literally did not have a center. They were playing JJ trainer at the center position uh, towards the end of the game. And it just makes you wonder what is the staff trying to get out of this team? What are they trying to, to see in this team? Are they trying to prove something? I mean, you, you have guys like, you know, JJ trainer with two rebounds, Brandon Huntley Hatfield with one rebound. I mean, what, what's, what's the goal here? Do you, is the, do you see an overarching goal? Can you see a picture that the, that the staff is trying to paint for us? No, no, not at all. The, the picture they painted last year was, these guys that we have right here, they're not talented enough. This is not ACC-level talent, and we've got a lot of rotten fruit in this bunch. And that's kind of the bill that we were sold. Some people believed it. Some people didn't. But I think this year you get a almost completely new start. I think we've got four guys that have returned. Maybe I'm counting wrong. I think four guys are returning. So complete, almost completely new roster, more talent it looks like. And, I mean, it's still it's still the same issues. The offense is stagnant. The rebounding, there's no boxing out. There's no effort. There's no communication. It's just like the little things that a good coach should be able to teach his team, a talented team, they don't do. And that's how you end up losing to a KWC team that is an okay Division II squad. Yeah, I mean, I, I think okay is putting it nicely, Jake. I mean, to be honest, I mean, to, to be frank with you, last year they finished, what was it, 11 and 15, if I remember right, or right around 500. Yeah, I think it was 15 and 16. 15 and 16, there it is. I think it was Simmons that finished 11 and 15. Or no, I'm sorry. It was. I'm getting all these terrible teams confused. <laughs> it was uh, the team that we lost to last year, Lenore Ryan, finished uh, 11 and 15 last year. I'm sorry. I was I was getting my my bad Division II teams mixed up that Louisville is losing to. So. Uh, but regardless, th- this is a team that's picked to finish the middle of their conference for a reason. Uh, they haven't been to the Division II NCAA tournament since 2017. Uh, so it's not like, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, Kentucky Wesleyan is a, is a historic power. Well, well, Louisville is also a historic power. <laughs> uh, that, that doesn't mean that, that they're necessarily putting a good team out there on the floor in the first place. What do you see as far as confidence, as far as body language? Any positives out of, out of that area? No, not – I mean, I think one thing we saw – Last year that was an issue was the bench really had no energy. And again, the bench really didn't have any energy. Remember, I was watching uh, the stream a couple nights ago. And I think the only guy that I noticed that like after a timeout, they're going to the huddle, they would come and like dap the players up and like talk to them was Aiden McCool, which I mean is great on Aiden McCool. But like that's our walk on like, you know, it'd be a lot cooler is if Sky Clark was doing that when he was on the bench or if Brandon Huntley Hatfield was doing that. I think that would mean a lot more, especially if the whole entire team was doing it. Just a lot of bad communication. Uh, it seemed like on defense, we'd hold them for 15, 20, even 25 seconds, and then there'd be a breakdown. Someone would get beat, and we wouldn't talk about the help, or one guy would try and help too much, and then his man's wide open, and we're not helping him. So it was just a lot of little things that we shouldn't be dealing with in year two. Yeah, I mean, and 
as Kevin Malone would say, many small things make big things. You're not, when you're doing so many little things wrong, you're also not doing a lot of the normal important things right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really hard to, to look at this team and point towards the positives. Um, I thought that Sky Clark looked pretty solid. Like, I think that he is uh, what he's built up to be. I think that he can be a steadying point guard. I like Tyler Johnson. Uh, I think that he, his on-ball defense is really, really good. Uh, he got called for some ticky-tacky fouls in, in this game, which is fine. Refs tend to call games a little bit tighter earlier in the season. The fouls that they called on Tyler Johnson, I mean, if they were anywhere close to being an NCAA tournament team, uh, wouldn't be called a foul in the NCAA tournament, in my opinion. But I think Sky and Tyler are what they're built up to be. I, th- I think there's a lot of potential with Trey White there. Uh, I didn't like some of what I saw out of Trey White as far as it looks like he's still trying to get acclimated, get his feet wet uh, with, with this program. Uh, t- to me, like it, it didn't feel like he doesn't. Trey White feels like a guy who is very confident in his ability, but he doesn't feel like a guy who is going to take over a game for you yet. He didn't feel like a guy that uh, is going to make the people around him better quite yet. He's obviously a great athlete. He obviously, he Trey White looks like the most confident player on this team to me. However, uh, I think that Louisville's going to have to get more out of Trey White. At the guard position, I'm pretty confident. Now, I will say as well, Mike James appeared to go out limping towards the end of the game. So there is a little caveat you can throw in there towards the end of the Kentucky Wesleyan game that Mike James was not in. And instead, you were finishing with the lineups that included J.J. Trainer, Trey White. We saw a little bit of Ty Lar, but a lot of Sky Clark, uh, a lot of Caleb Glenn towards the end of the game. Interesting to see who the coaching staff went to. Ultimately, I'm not sure what they're looking to get out of this team. Like, I'm, there's not a lot of, you know, they might come out of timeouts and run one set play that works well. But overall, it doesn't feel like the coaching staff is, is getting them messages where they're coming back off the bench again and showing an improved effort or showing, you know, a different defense or throwing something new at the other team. And it felt like sitting there watching this game that – Kentucky Wesleyan was gaining confidence as the game went on. Uh, I think that they saw with about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes left. All right, well, we were tied at halftime. Uh, you know, it's been back and forth. We've been leading this game some. And Louisville's not doing anything different. Quite, quite frankly, there were more dogs on their team than where there were on Louisville's roster, which is a huge concern. Uh, but to me, I don't think talent is an issue on this team. I think that, t- to me, this is a team that looks like they have no direction, man. Like, they really, truly look like they just don't know what they're doing. And that is just gravely concerning to me. And I I thought about this a little bit over the weekend. Uh, I thought about this after the loss on Monday and a little bit today. I've felt like if there there are a good number of college basketball coaches right now in Division I that could have come in and taken Louisville to the NCAA tournament last year. And that's the, the part that kind of stings to me. And people say, oh, well, you know, nobody could do, you know, nobody could do jack squat with the team that Kenny inherited. And perhaps that's true. But Kenny also chose who left, who came back. He was also responsible for bringing guys in. And not only that, he got a bit of a head start as well. You know, he came in fresh off the streets with some of the better teams in college basketball, you know, starting in the NCAA tournament, starting in the postseason. But yet he waited – 
a long time to hire his staff. He waited until freaking August to hire a strength and conditioning guy. He did not fill up his roster. Uh, there were a, a, a ton of things that happened last offseason where he had a chance to make something decent out of last year, and he simply did not do that. They kind of mailed it in and just expected last year to suck. Then we all kind of gave them a pass, right? We gave them the benefit of the doubt. But this was the year. you got to come back strong. You can leave no doubt that you've improved this year. And in reality, they probably have improved in the talent department. They probably improved in areas where Kenny Payne and his staff wanted to get better. They probably improved as far as maturity and as far as, uh, you know, checking the boxes with apparently he feels like there's not the, the players that they let go last year didn't have good family lives. And that, that made a huge impact, which I think it frankly is incredibly insulting, but that's for a different day. He brought in his guys. And now with his guys, the product is the same, if not worse. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think it it looks the same. I, I don't know if it can be worse than it did last year. I mean, four wins at, at a school, at any school, especially a school like Louisville, is almost impossible to be worse. So I don't know if it'll be worse, but I mean, I think it's just the same. And that's the biggest issue is we needed to see changes. We needed to see staff changes over the summer. But Kenny Payne scoffed at that whenever he was asked by a reporter, hey, did you ever consider changing up the staff after winning four games? No, we didn't see changes. We didn't see changes on the offense. They were stagnant. I literally think on 95% of our plays, we have three plays. It is stand around, set a ball screen. Oh, it didn't work. Kick it out. Set that guy ball screen. It didn't work. Kick it out. Set that guy ball screen. Scramble, shoot up a shot with four seconds left. Or post up a guard. Or do a dribble handoff. Those are three offensive moves. I coached a six-year-old basketball team last season. We had more plays than that. We had more we had more set plays than I see us run. It's it's like it's just incredible. And I understand that maybe that was like him coming from UK and they were very free flowing, very just like, oh hey, you got it. You feel like you can take your man, take your man. Because they had every single player was a high five, high four star athlete. And that's not what he has here. And that doesn't work on teams that don't have talent, but we had the talent to beat KWC. So that's not even that's not even true. And then it's just like no communication, no effort all the little things that you would expect a team that wants to play for Louisville to have, they don't have. So it's, uh, it's all in all, it's just, it's frustrating. Hey, got a pop quiz here for you, Presley. Okay. Let's hear, let's hear it. From the 12 minute mark in the second half to 30 seconds remaining in the game. How many field goals do you think Louisville scored against a middling division two basketball team? I think I have a pretty good idea of this because I was actually monitoring it. I want to say, from from what you said, the twelve minute mark to thirty seconds left, I would say two, one, one, one. field goal. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's and that's really solid stuff. They, I mean, what they they finished with fourteen or fifteen made field goals, which is just hard to believe. Uh, I believe over half of Louisville's points came at the free throw line. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that's that is a correct stat. A lot, a lot, a lot of free throws. 31 points from the free throw line, and we scored 68. So, yeah, 31 out go. of 68. Pretty damn close. One thing that you hit on uh, that, that I don't want to just gloss over was Kenny Payne's press conference after the game, where he said, and I quote, we can't beat teams with talent. We're never going to be the most talented team. And maybe if he came off the floor and said that after they played Duke or Kentucky or North Carolina, even a Virginia, you know, 
they're going to play what maybe in Indiana this year, right? They're going to play some really talented teams. I could see where he would say, we can't beat teams with talent. They just played Kentucky Wesleyan. Jake, come on here. Like what is Kenny just in over his head? Like it's, it's every facet of, of what you need from a Louisville basketball coach. Kenny does not check the box. A guy who can recruit. That's what he was billed as, right? He was supposed to come in and bring these great recruiters. And he's got this great group of assistant coaches who have won national championships and they know how to win. So this is, that's going to lead to winning and he can bring in these incredible players. He's not done that. And he's not doing that in the next class either. Okay. So that's one box unchecked. And that was the biggest box that we brought him in for. Uh, another thing that little coaches have to be really adept in is, you know, having a great, uh, recognizable offensive and defensive scheme and game plan. And I don't see any sort of identity on either ends of the floor. I don't see identity as a, as a team that's good at rebounding. I don't see an identity as a team that's, you know, excellent at making the, at making the extra pass. I don't see a team that's excellent in knowing where the heck they're supposed to stand on the floor, Jake. I don't see a team that knows what they're doing in any capacity of the game. So that's definitely a huge red flag. That is, they come nowhere close to checking that box. Uh, he was supposed to be good as far as public relations. He was supposed to bring this, uh, you know, an, an excellent sense of bringing Louisville back to what it was, that what we came to love in the 70s and 80s and 90s, uh, even what we came to love, you know, during the Patino era. He was supposed to bring that back. He was supposed to bridge that gap, right? That's what Kenny Payne came in to do. He's been nothing but divisive for the city, for the fan base, for the program. Nothing but but divisiveness as far as what I've seen, Jake. Like, yes, he is a positive guy. He can be encouraging to listen to at times. And, hell, when you listen to his press conference, his last press conference before the season started and during uh, media day, he was very optimistic. And, and you know, he said things like he wanted the, the program to be – proud of you know fans be proud of the program and proud of the effort that they put forward the reality is is a a stark difference to that Uh, i I don't look at this program and see any direction that louisville's going that's that's a positive one not not a single a a single place not a single place in this program uh financially um from a pr perspective uh, and sure as hell isn't isn't what we're expecting from the product on the floor you look at this that at this program at all jake and see anything that that you approve of right now? No, I mean, we've been pretty negative and uh, right, rightfully so. If I can take any positives away, it's that we've got a young core that if mentored by the right coaching staff could actually be a good team even this year or next year. But if we lose the staff, we probably lose 60, 70, 80, 90% of this roster that goes with it. Cause again, they wanted to play for KP or Nolan Smith or Danny Manning or whoever it is. So only positive I have is that all of our really talented players, Sky Clark, Mike James, Trey White, Tyler, I mean, Curtis Williams, Caleb Glenn, Dennis Evans, they're all freshmen. They're all sophomores. So if coached correctly, this team has potential to be a tournament team. I just don't think that we have the foundation in place to make that happen. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, you don't want to overreact from exhibition games. You know, the first exhibition game, Louisville started a lineup that is nowhere close to what we'll be seeing the floor, right? And in the first exhibition game, they they implemented a platoon system where they were five on, five off. 
who's to say that Louisville's going to play players with the same minutes? But it's really damn concerning when Manny Akorafor, who's supposed to be your backup or even starting big man, doesn't even play. It's really concerning when Karan Davis, who's billed as a guy who's going to can play significant minutes on this team, doesn't even sniff the floor. It's incredibly <laughs> concerning the, the way that, that things are going. I mean, we're already, again, off to a terrible start. So who are we to, to give them the benefit of the doubt when there's been a very serious precedent set that things are just are probably not going to change? When you listen to, to Kenny and the staff speak, they feel like they, you know, Kenny Payne said he wouldn't change anything about the way last season went. He said he wouldn't change a thing. Like, what are we supposed to take away from that? When you look at programs across the country, and I, I know we've talked about this ad nauseum at this point, but you look at programs across the country, there were first-year head coaches that took their, their teams not only to the tournament, but well into the tournament last year. It is absolutely possible uh, at, at, a pro, at a place like Louisville to take a program that's in shambles and turn it around and, and, and make it a incredibly productive team. Uh, and not only has Louisville not even sniffed doing that, uh, it, it's been an embarrassment. Like from the very beginning, it's been an embarrassment. Uh, and I know that, that there are people that will, you know, defend Kenny and, until the cows come home. But I mean, the proof is, is right in front of you. Like the, the product on the floor ultimately is all that matters. That's it. Wins and losses. And not only that, but, but any sort of promise on the horizon. And, and, and we, we have gotten nothing close to that. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, and, yeah, I think the- I uh, think we also notice. I know not everybody's on Twitter as much as I am, which good for them. They shouldn't be um, kind of notice the shift of the tides. I think last year towards the end of the season, it was, you know, probably 70 percent of the fans upset saying it's not worth saying this is not working out. We need to look other ways. 10, 20 percent. still give them a chance. And then, you know, 10 percent die hard like Kenny can do no wrong kind of thing. After last night, I think that number dropped down to like 1% of people are still willing to defend him as vehemently as they were last year. So I think, and I know, again, like you said, shouldn't overreact. It's just an exhibition game. But the exact same thing happened last year, and we won four games. So to literally learn nothing, to literally change nothing one year to the date and see us lose to another average to below average Division Two team is a uh, very, very, very concerning. Does it concern you at all? The, the, and I will absolutely say that these are rumors. They've already come out and said uh, the, the Louisville staff, Louisville um, SID has come out and actually made a statement that nothing has actually happened, that the rumors are completely un- unsubstantiated, and it's not true. Uh, but there are, you know, oftentimes where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, and, and there are rumors out there that at some point in the last week or so, there was an altercation at Louisville basketball practice involving the coaches. And I will say, it, what, what I will kind of add to this is, I will say this isn't unprecedented. Like there are altercations in college basketball practices all around the country. However, 
stuff like this doesn't come out unless there's a little bit, at least a hint of truth of stuff going on. And I don't want to be the person who sits here and look, I'm not, I do not want to be someone who wants something negative to happen just so that the coach gets fired or anything of that nature. However, do you take anything from what they're saying or rumors that, that there might be some tensions flaring and stuff heating up in Louisville practice? Yeah. I mean, based on what, again, like you said, this is all unsubstantiated. It, it came to my attention, I guess maybe it was a few minutes before this, but Trilly Donovan, who is the basically the know-it-all unmasked figure behind college basketball, who I knew Cooper Flagg was committing to Duke 10 days before he did because of Trilly Donovan. I mean, the guy, he said a lot of negative things about Louisville, and I think Louisville fans are starting to turn on, to turn on him. But that's also because there hasn't been a lot of positive two reports. The news that he does have does happen to be negative. He posted – 30 minutes ago at this point, something I can't even remember, something spicy talking about uh, was it things are getting spicy at Louisville is what he said. And, uh, and then immediately go on my timeline and there's rumors of an altercation happening sometime in the last week between KP and possibly Karan Davis. Looks like that's who the player is. And I don't know if there's any validity to this rumor, but that would make sense that it was Karan. Davis because we did not see him on the floor at all he had no energy whatsoever he looked completely disengaged from the game so that would at least make some sense not saying that the rumors are true and then like you said Zach Greenwell came out and said nothing happened at today's practice um, but it seems like possibly this happened a few days ago or a week ago so I don't know but um, just once you think you're down and you can't get pushed down anymore we find a way I understand that this happens this happens when, you know, this happens at any program where, you know, when things start rolling, spiraling downhill in the age of social media, the way that news travels, the way that people distort things, uh, it becomes unfair. And really, a lot of times rumors can be unsubstantiated. And it very well be could be the case that by the time that you listen to this, that things will have changed. But I felt like uh, it would you know, we wouldn't be doing this program or, you know, this podcast justice if we didn't at least bring that up. Let's talk a little bit about uh, UMBC before we get out of here. UMBC, <laughs> most commonly known as the team that beat Virginia in the NCAA tournament a few years back as a 16 seed. Uh, they love trolling people on Twitter and they will absolutely troll Louisville on Twitter, whether they win or lose oh, God. Uh, this, this coming Monday. <laughs> Which it's fine. They're already getting dunked on by DT programs. So, you know, why not UMBC? What are your thoughts on the program and thoughts on, on the game as of right now? Uh, I mean, I don't, I, I can't sit here and say that I'm really well versed on who UMBC is this year or any year outside of 20, what was it, 17, whenever they beat UVA. Um, so I, I don't know a whole lot about them. I saw their Ken Palm is in the low 300s and there's only like 320 schools I think in that so um, that's pretty bad that's where we finished the season last year if that puts anything into perspective so this should be one of the worst teams we could possibly play in division one I don't know how much confidence I had we just beat an average d2 team so we will see um, we, we've got a chance to kind of turn it around 
make people forget about this scrimmage loss, start three and zero on the year. Cause that is very doable. These are three pretty bad mid-major schools. So, I mean, there's a chance that we could turn this around. We can forget about this. We're three and zero going into play in Texas and we're having positive conversations here in a week or two weeks. But um, I am not holding my breath that, that that's going to happen. So here's the scouting report from a few weeks back on UMBC. As people remember, they are the Retrievers. Uh, they finished 18 and 14 last year, uh, but they're losing the vast majority of their, you know, their starters from a year ago, uh, mostly graduating seniors. And they have quite a few transfers coming in this year, as most teams did. Uh, but as you noted here, Jake, they were from Chicago State, Penn, South Carolina Upstate. Uh, so with that in mind, uh, this sh- should not only be a game that Louisville uh, ex- expects to win, but it's a game that, I mean, you got to hold Louisville's feet to the fire. And not only that, but uh, rightfully so, the cards will be honoring the great Denny Crumb on Monday night. If Louisville does not win this game, there, there will be no coming back f- from that for, for Kenny Payne. I mean, Denny Crum was Kenny's mentor. He's a legend in Louisville. He's a legend in college basketball. He's a legend in sports in general. As mad as people, if you remember, uh, really the icing on the cake for a lot of people was when Chris Mack lost on Russ Smith Day. If you remember that, you know, UofL got out to, uh, like, they, they could do no wrong in the first half against Notre Dame. Scored, I think, 50 points, something like that, 50, 55 points in the first half. Honored Russ Smith. Life was good. And then they just absolutely pissed down their leg for the last 15 minutes of the game and lost to Notre Dame. And I remember thinking, like, it's going to be really hard for Louisville to come back from – or Chris Mack specifically to come back from losing to Notre Dame on the day that Russ Smith, one of the most beloved players in program history, had his number retired. And now on a day when they are literally blacking out Denny Crump's chair, you know, that will be his chair forever uh, at Louisville basketball games where they'll be honoring him. I'm assuming hanging a banner in his honor for Louisville to lose on that day. Kenny will never come back from that. He will never hear the end of that. Uh, Regardless of how the rest of his career goes, you cannot lose this basketball game, Jake. I don't care if they win by one. I I don't, I don't care if it, what it takes. I don't care if it's like uh, the, the old Disney Channel movie, The Luck of the Irish, where Danny's sitting on the scoreboard and kicking all of the UMBC balls away from the, from the rim. I don't care what it is. Louisville has to win this game. Uh, and there will be no coming back from losing to UMBC. I can promise you that, Jake. Uh, and, and it's not going to be a very fun discussion uh, whenever, we, when, whenever we talk next if they do lose. So. Uh, we'll leave it at that for today. Any final comments, Jake? Yeah, I think last thing I'll say is um, it's hard to be positive, but I think that it might be a blessing in disguise the loss to uh, KWC just kind of lets us know what this season's going to be because the worst thing, and I think Mike Rutherford said it in his last podcast, and, it, and it's so, so true, the worst thing that could happen is that Kenny Payne performs Okay, like he's just mediocre this mm-hmm. season. They win thirteen to sixteen games, and we're we're stuck in this weird place where it's like, well, we did just quadruple, quintuple our wins, 
but we're still only winning 14 games a year. Is that good enough for Louisville? And you'll have some of the fan base saying, yes, give him another year. And you'll have another half of the fan base saying, no, 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 this isn't the standard. And so I think with, if the season goes the way it looks like it's going to, based on a loss to KWC, we're looking at, I'm guessing eight, maybe 10 wins at most. And if that happens, boom, cut, cut, cut bait, get rid of it. Let's move on. Let's find a coach that's more fitting for this team. Um, but if, you know, if we awkwardly win 14 to 17 games, you're kind of stuck. Like, I don't really know, like, what do we do? So I, I want, you know, a really, I don't want a really poor season, but I want one of two things. We either win 10 or fewer games or we win 20 plus we go to the tournament and we were all wrong. KP makes me look stupid, makes you look stupid, makes a lot of fans and critics look stupid. That's, I want one of those two things. I just don't want ambiguity. I just, I don't want that. Make us look stupid. I would love that. I would love that. Whenever Scott Satterfield made us look stupid, I, that was my favorite time because we were winning. (laughs) But and then he made us look stupid by applying to the South Carolina job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He doubled down on it. I <laughs> I just want to see the program be successful. I think that's ultimately the bottom line. That's what everybody wants. Uh, but you make it really hard on, <laughs> on us if you do the opposite of what Kenny said and just win with talent, right? That's my huge concern, man. Like, they might, they might skate by against the schedule and win 10, 12 games just – based on talent and size alone. And to me, that's not acceptable either. We have national championship expectations here. We have final four expectations. And after two seasons, not making it yet another NCAA tournament, you could go out and hire any number of coaches to come in and do a better job than that. And ultimately, I think that's what it boils down to, Jake. That's, that's, exact, that's exactly what it comes down to, is that regardless – of the outcome of the season. If you're not in the NCAA tournament talk, at least at the end of the season, it's, as you said, it's time to cut bait. Like there's no three, four year plan in college basketball anymore. I mean, hell you can turn a program around in one season in college football. Uh, And so the expectation at a program like Louisville should be that you're able to able to get this ship righted, get things back on course. And the exact opposite is happening. And so we're going to have to see some, some serious, serious improvements on the, uh, on this Louisville team. If to, 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 you know, even consider me warranting a third year for Kenny Penn, you know, no huge UMBC preview. This is another chance for Louisville to show, to prove us wrong and show us that last year was a fluke. Last game was a fluke. And this is a different team and the program is on, on, on the right track. Right now, it has not been a promising start. Card's still undefeated, but that might change uh, after this coming Monday. Until next time, Starting 502 Podcast, presented by Mr. and Mrs. We'll see you next week. Go Cards.